0: And welcome to Horror Movie Yearbook. I am Tim. And I am Willie. Willie, how is it going? It's going. Good. It's going. Yeah. Just, uh, you know,
1: scratching and surviving, my friend. It's all good.
0: What are you playing? You said you were playing, you've played a lot of games lately. A lot of video games? Yeah. You said you play a lot of video games. Are you playing anything currently?
1: Uh, no. I'm actually, so I'm on my first video game break in months, actually. Okay. Um. Well, I most recently finished The Warriors for uh, our episode of Multimedium. Oh, good plug. Which is now available. Yes. So check that out. Um, That's my most recent finish, but I got a Switch this year. Um, And I've done Luigi's Mansion 3, which was wonderful. Um, I've done Fire Emblem Warriors, which was a lot of fun. Um, I did Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which was fun. So I've been playing through stuff a little bit at a time, and yeah, it's been nice. I am not playing anything currently... Um, not sure what's next on the docket. We'll see. Okay. Right now I'm in a, in comic book mode, so I'm reading a lot of comics, and that's kind of what are you reading? Uh, Moon Knight, which I we should talk oh, about. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm reading the original. It's tricky because Moon Knight, <laughs> Moon Knight never wasn't even given a proper origin until like his own miniseries, which was like well after he was introduced in comics. So you don't really know anything about him beyond like. That he's Mark Spector and he dresses up in a white costume and beats up bad guys. Um, but man, I'm getting into some of this cool stuff where uh, Doug Munch and Bill Sankowitz who are like the major big creative team, early on in Moon Knight, I'm getting into their their really their first stuff uh, with the character, and it's dark and cool, man. It's like it's like they're like backup stories in issues of the Incredible Hulk. It's like the last five pages yeah. when they used to do that. And like they kind of got away with more because they were just backup stories, and it's dark, dude. <laughs> like, dudes fighting werewolves that are leading terrorist organizations, uh, which is sweet. Um, I should say, uh, sword wielding werewolves that lead terrorist organizations. Right. Then the next issue, he's fighting a, a serial killer who's wearing a Halloween mask and killing people with a hatchet. <laughs> <It's>, this this <laughs> this book rules, man. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got that grungy, uh, heavy on the inking. Look to it, it with the art, where everything looks like it's kind of dripping dark liquid or something. It's very cool. I like it. I'm having fun with it. Yeah. Anyway. Nice. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, what do you do? I'm
0: looking at my. <laughs> I'm looking at my uh, phone right now because I've got the game notes, but my credit. Mm. I left my credit card with my wife. She keeps charging it, so <laughs> keep, keep keep not. No, it's um. We're going on uh, We're going on vacation. We're going whitewater. Oh ra- my! I
1: was like, that's strange. We're
0: going to Colorado, and oh. we're going whitewater rafting coming up have you so, been uh i have not whitewater
1: rafting have you been to colorado yes i've not
0: been to colorado oh, no uh my wife has she has been whitewater rafting and she says this is a level three and she says she went with a couple of people who have never done it before and they said i'll be fine yeah you'll be fine okay you've been yeah i've done threes okay yeah it uh you'll be you'll be all right the main is six right like six is the high point
1: i think so but mo like Human beings don't generally do those. I mean, like, like
0: six is like Niagara Falls. It's what it's
1: I... like it's like yeah yeah exactly. It's like somebody who is like got a death wish will do those. Okay, I've done threes and fours. Okay, um, four was the highest I've ever done, and there were only one or two rap like rapids or falls, um, that I did that were fours. Um, I so my suggestion to you, and this might seem kind of crazy for your first time, but I say go for it. If you can get in the lead or position, okay, which is like right up front, up up in the left, yeah, you're the first person to see all the crazy shit that you're <laughs> gonna drop off of and stuff. But it's kind of sweet for your first time because, like, once you get through one section, you're gonna go, "I feel good." Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not afraid of this shit anymore. Yeah, I feel like if you're in the middle or the back, and then you get moved up front for your second or third time, you'll get re-nervous again. Right. Just do it all up front.
0: Okay, because yeah, it's it one of those ones that like they take you down and then they take you back up again and they take you down. Rip the band-aid off. Yeah.
1: Be, be so if you can get into the lead or position first or get up front
0: first, just do it. I'm doing the Colorado River. I think it's called the Upper Eagle. I upper Eagle? Say. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, Upper Upper Eagle, so. Okay. We'll see how it goes. So I shouldn't be I should be back next you'll, time I should. You'll be good. You'll be fine.
1: <laughs> You're going to have a good time. Okay. Um they'll they'll tell you literally everything you could possibly need to know. But you'll have fun. You'll want to do it again, I bet. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I'm not an adrenaline junkie guy. I like yeah. but I really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. Cool. So, you'll dig it. Cool. I was in uh, California.
0: Okay. But, yeah. Anyway. Very cool. Very cool. Well, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, this thing goes... Well. I'll, I'll I'll let everybody... I'll update everybody yeah. when I get Tim's back.
1: not back next episode. He had a whitewater rafting accident.
0: <laughs> um, so, you talked about multimedia. Yeah, we just did the Warriors yes. game and um, movie. And then, also, my book came to mind. My Battle Royale book. Battle Royale, I should yes. say. <laughs> Battle Royale. Uh, Battle Royale. Yes. Um, so, that came today. So, we'll be doing that next time. The Game Nerds. Brian... Uh finally got a PS5. Okay. This is a uh, big right. news big news for him. He's been wanting to get one. He, they're talking about Demon Souls, Ghost of Tsushima, Astro's Playroom and Psychonauts 2. Alex um he's replaying the mainline Metroid games right now.
1: Funny, yeah, he texted me actually. Um, okay. today and goes, "Hey, do you want to play this Metroid game?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll play it." Um so he's going to be dropping it off to me tomorrow, which is cool. And a 3DS, which is good because I don't have one, so I wouldn't have been able to play it. I'm glad that he realized that when he texted me. I'm like, I hope he knows I don't have a 3DS.
0: <laughs> you like the mainline Metroid games, correct? Yeah. I You're mean, not like, a Prime guy. No. Okay.
1: I'm not a first-person shooter guy. I, like I think the that's pr- the issue. the Prime
0: games I liked. I played them on the Wii when they came out with that uh, um, trilogy pack. Okay. But they are. A bit tough. It was... I think I've only actually
1: <laughs> I think I've only actually finished one Metroid game.
0: Yeah I think I think I may have finished the first one.
1: I think I finished Zero Mission on okay. Advance or whatever system that was on handheld. I don't know that I've ever actually finished. I'm saying
0: I finished it I don't think I have actually. <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't even know if I've actually finished it. On I like the games but I, I get bewildered eventually and I just give up.
0: The backtracking is it's too much for me. Yeah.
1: But I really like the, the world of Metroid I think is awesome. Yeah. The look the sound very cool. So. so he's
0: talking about that. He's talking about Metroid Dread. You were just on the film nerds talking yes. about, what were just guys talking about, Loki? We talked about Loki. Suicide Squad, right?
1: Um, yes, they talked about Suicide Squad, which I still okay. haven't seen. Um, uh, yeah, we talked about Loki, Suicide Squad, and then they talked about uh, Remembrance.
0: The Jackman movie. Yes. Jackman. Yeah,
1: Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson, I think, right? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a few different topics. Uh, we had a special guest on there, Mister Mr. John Street who has been on a tiny terror with us before. So it's fun. Good time. Speaking
0: um, of John, yeah. we've got a bonus episode coming out next week where we're going to cover uh, John's bracket and a couple other people's picks.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, you'll be able to enjoy uh, or yell at or whatever you may do um, our picks. Yes. For our Ramey bracket. And then you can uh, listen to some other folks. It'll be then, fun.
0: Yeah. So we're going to do that. If you want to get that early, patreon.com backslash midwestpodnut. You can get that a week early. Um, I'm going to be putting up an honor roll. Willie, I watched Neil Blomkamp's new movie called Demonic. How was that? Oof. Neil. Buddy. Knock it off.
1: (laughs) Knock it, eh? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. He's one of those guys, and I don't think this happens that often, but it does happen. He's one of those guys where I think he- uh, May have peaked early? I think he had like one really good idea in him, and and he and he was able to get it financed and made, and and then
0: they go, "What else you got?" And he went, "Eh." Is, is that a good impression? Of it? <laughs> uh And this does happen. It does. I'm still. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm not telling him to stop. I'm not telling him to be not watching. Not telling him to stop movie- making movies. Yeah. But this one was not for me. So I'll okay. be uh, talking about that one. A couple other movies. I uh, watched Boss Level starring Frank Grillo. Okay. Which rocked. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah. Oh, it's Frank Grillo, so. Yeah. I'll have a new honor roll up this weekend, and you can check that out. Excellent. Early patreon.com backslash midwestpodnet. You ready to do this bracket? Let's do it. Let's dive right in, man. Yes. I'm excited. So, this is the Raimi bracket. Sam Raimi, of course. This is not the Ted Raimi bracket, unfortunately. Which would be I wonderful as well. Yeah, I did not clarify. <laughs> I just realized that. Old Sam was born in Royal Oak, Michigan, which is nearby where we're at. Very he, close. Yeah. He's an inventive filmmaker. He, I mean, everybody, horror movie yearbook-wise, probably knows him mostly from the Evil Dead movies, I would say. Yeah, Drag Me to Hell, maybe. Drag Me to Hell. But, of course, the Spider-Man movies as well. He mm-hmm. started out doing low-budget horror movies. Um, he... uh you can see in his movies he's intro influenced by kind of like slapsticky Three Stooges comedy. He does a lot of Hitchcock stuff, especially especially a little later on when he started to focus more on, I think, storytelling wise. And we'll get to that into get into that a little later. But he's had a career that's kind of alternated between like big budget blockbusters and small, smaller horror flicks. So we're gonna cover them all today. Yeah. Sam is uh this was one I floated by you because uh Sam is probably there are certain directors where like we've talked about with Carpenter. And I know you with Romero, where we just kind of... We kind of like everything they do, or we at least find value in everything they do.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say... Yeah, Carpenter and Romero both. Um, those are two for me where I, when you when you say that, I go, yeah, those two, for yep. sure. Even the stuff that I recognize is not very good. Like, I find something in it that I enjoy. Yes. Yeah, Ridley Scott's another one. Yeah. <laughs> Ridley Scott's one was like, like... He can make, and he's made, some stinkers, but... Uh, recently <laughs> um but I, just, I still always enjoy some aspect of them of them yep. yeah i do
0: and for me uh ramey's like that for me and he's just kind of a filmmaker i kind of jive with mm-hmm. i think i think it's just i have a lot of similar similar sensibilities i really like slapstick i really like horror and yeah. it's just i have like like i said the same sensibilities i think it's sam Rami in a lot of ways yeah for so sure when it comes sure. to what i like out of movies he he likes to make pure entertainment a lot of the time but there's some stuff I think too thematically that you can chew on if you want. So
1: yeah, I would agree.
0: Any any thoughts on Sam Raimi before we get started here?
1: I mean, he's an immensely talented uh, filmmaker and and person. And uh, I think um, he really, uh, especially with the original Evil Dead. I mean, he's one of those kind of Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two. If you ask a lot of directors or or filmmakers, um just people that work in, in film if you ask them uh, their inspirations oftentimes you hear somebody mention evil dead or evil dead 2 especially people who make genre work um, or are known for genre work because those are two of those perfect examples of movies where like you were entranced and 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 into the plot and the and the performances and the story and the gore and the blood and gun stuff but you could also see the wires in the best way possible like you could you could figure out how they they achieved the the many different things they achieved in those movies. Um I would say especially in Evil Dead One, you can really figure it out. I mean you can you can see it. Um but yeah, I think that he he inspired a lot of uh young people to get out there and make movies. Which is very cool.
0: Yes, for sure. So let's get into this the yeah. Raimi bracket. Let's start um Let's start on the left side as I'm facing it right now. We're going to start with the one seeds, but the way it worked out, because we have 14 movies we have to talk about here. Right. So it worked out kind of weird. So Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 get a pass, because those are his highest rated movies. And for anybody that hasn't listened to one of our bracket episodes before, we go up going by IMDB score. And this was kind of surprising when I looked at the seeds, um, because there are a couple that are pretty low seeded, in my opinion. I was, I was a little bit taken aback by um, But let's start on the left side of the bracket. We're going to have For Love of the Game versus Drag Me to Hell. So For Love of the Game, after 19 years of p- playing, uh, that's got an IMDb score of 6.6. 6. After 19 years of playing the game, he's loved his whole life. Detroit Tigers picker- pitcher Billy Chappell has to decide if he's going to risk everything and put it all out there. This is the Kevin Costner, Kelly Preston, John C. Riley starring movie. Yes. And then it's going to be going up against Drag Me to Hell, a lone officer who fixed an old woman from her home, finds herself the recipient of a supernatural curse. <laughs> this has got an IMDb score of 6.5, Allison Lohman, Justin Long, and David Pamer. Willie, who you got in this first matchup?
1: This is truly a, truly a, a tale of two Rameys, yes.
0: <laughs> but, and that's kind of how yeah. how it's going to go a lot of the time. A lot here. of the time, especially yes.
1: early on, yeah. Um, well, and, and these, are, these movies kind of perfectly encapsulate the two really kind of uh amazing and brilliant things about um about Sam Raimi, right? So for the love of the game, you've got his amazing heart and his his um he's got a sense of brightness and a sense of optimism about his films, but it's never tongue in cheek really, and it's never handled in a cynical way. It's always handled he he kind of wears his heart on his sleeve as a filmmaker, and he really believes in in the optimistic view that some of his movies, including many moments in the Spider-Man films, um, he really truly believes he's an optimist. I think in a lot of ways, and that comes through. Um, and they can be it can be a little bit schmaltzy at times, but it's never. He knows when to turn that on, and he knows he's turning it on, and it's okay. Um, Drag Me to Hell's the other Amy, where it's like. Uh, loud, boisterous, slapsticky, gory, loud, crazy, <laughs> <laughs> nuts. Uh, just batshit. Um, both from a filmmaking sp- perspective and just the plot, the and, and the the concept of the movie. Um, and and man, does that movie have a ballsy ending? Um, <laughs> I still want a sequel. Yep. Uh, for me, it's Drag Me to Hell. For the Love of the Game is, is is really a I think a very very good movie. Um I think it's lesser Raimi. I think it's on the lesser end of his filmography, if I'm it's not certainly the lowest for me, but it's 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 on the lower end for me. Um but that's not to say it's not a good movie. I, I actually think it's quite good. Um I think Costner gives a pretty good performance, if I remember right, too. It's been a while, but um But yeah, for me, Drag Me to Hell is not only is it, I think one of Remy's best movies uh, because I think he took everything he learned um, in the big budget studio system working on movies like um, well I mean like even like The Quick and the Dead but certainly the Spider-Man movies uh, he took everything he learned from those and was able to kind of get uh, a back to basics uh, back to his roots approach uh, utilizing a little more money and well a lot more money and a lot more uh uh, experience and so you get kind of the best of both i think from from drag me to hell you get everything i love about those evil dead movies and you get everything i love about uh what he's able to accomplish with his with his big budget stuff so it's drag me to hell for me but i think for the love of the game honestly is is worth a look for sure
0: for sure so i am going to go with drag me to hell as well i think and i'll get into it a little bit more la- later i think uh drag me to hell i like to call it my second favorite evil dead movie <laughs> And I guess that kind of spills some of my picks, but mm-hmm. we'll get into what my favorite Evil Dead movie is later. I like For Love of the Game. It's an incredibly, like you mentioned, it's an incredibly earnest movie. Um, I think he carries that. There's a Seeger song, uh, I think, that plays quite a bit. I think it's Against the Wind. Yeah. And Against the Wind. Here's the thing with Seeger is, like, Seeger's even, like, more earnest than, like, Springsteen. Like, Seeger's, like, kind of corny and cheesy. Yes. But there is, I mean, there's a truth to it. Like, it's that's what it is and um, so it's almost cringe inducing how how kind of cheesy it can be at times Mm -hmm. it also I like it but it does feel like a movie that's kind of Ramey's sensibilities at war with like a Kevin Costner baseball flick okay it's probably it is probably my second favorite Costner baseball flick Uh, Bull Durham is one I'm not a big uh, Field of Dreams guy um, yeah,
1: like it's all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I understand why it has a special place in
0: people's hearts. But the baseball specific scenes, like when Rami is shooting those baseball things, I, I think they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's got a real handle on it. And this was his first real big budget movie. Um, a simple plan and Darkman weren't real big budget flicks. Mm-hmm. This is a big budget uh, Kevin Costner kind of like ten-pole drama yeah. for the studio. And I think he does a lot of things well here. I do think it's a little bit. Um, God, castrated is the only word that's coming to my mind. But you kind of know what I mean there. It's a little bit um Yeah. Yeah. It's not Raimi at full power. It's Raimi trying to make a movie for the studio.
1: Yeah, and we've we've seen this. We mentioned um we mentioned both uh Romero and um Carpenter. And and there are movies they made that you can see certainly that doesn't mean they're bad movies, but you can tell they're more made for the studio, right, than they are for their individual passions, per se. So,
0: One real quick thing before we say goodbye to For Love of the Game, because we both got it out. Uh, Kevin Costner uh, originally um, showed his penis in the movie. Uh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> he, uh, wow. Costner told Newsweek that the studio lacked real courage by insisting that the film have a f- more kid-friendly rating, so they cut uh, the scene in the audience... I am guessing it was probably a shower scene in the locker rooms the Yeah, lockers. it probably
1: wasn't some sort of yeah, <laughs> where hard you get to see
0: uh, where you get to see Kevin Costner's penis because a lot of focus groups went. That was kind of weird when we saw Yeah, wait, we didn't see his penis. That's we went to this baseball game. We made a movie out of a baseball game and saw Kevin Costner's penis hanging Amazing. out. Amazing. <laughs> so, all right, let's move on from that. Next up we have a simple plan. Mm-hmm. A simple plan three blue power pop Three blue collar acquaintances come across millions of dollars in lost cash and make a plan to keep it, to keep their find from the authorities. But it isn't long before complications and mistrust weave their way into the plan that has a score of 7.5, starring Billy, Bill Paxton, Billy Bob Thornton, and Bridget Fonda. I believe this was written by Billy Bob as well. I want to say, or it's based on a novel. No, The Gift is the one written by Billy Bob. He
1: wrote The Gift. Okay. Him and Raimi were kind of. They they partnered up on a couple different things around this time, or not? You know, they they seem to become buddies there for a hot second,
0: right? Um, and then Spider-Man three score of six point two. A strange black entity from another world bonds with Peter Parker, and causes inner to- turmoil as he contends with new villains, temptations, and revenge. Toby Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, Topher Grace, uh,
1: J.K. Simmons, J.K.
0: Simmons, who's my uh, Thomas Hayden Church? Yeah. That's got a score of 6.2. Willie, who you got here in this matchup? What a weird matchup.
1: Yeah, very bizarre. Um <laughs> two very different movies. Uh yes. for me it's Simple Plan. Um uh, Simple Plan is is like a like a really great Cohen Brothers uh thriller but directed by Raimi. Um and those are two things I like and they're kind of it's a nice marriage. Um of the two it's got plus it's it's you know it's got a great cast. It's got great performances. I think it's a it's a story that could have worked under any director, but but the fact that it's Raimi doing it just makes it so much more. Um, Spider Man three, um, well, it's got Bill Paxton too. I should mention who's like one of my all time favorite actors. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Spider Man three is a very flawed film. Um, I don't think it is always this absolute abysmal piece of crap that some, some people make it out to be. I think I made it out to be that for a long time. I don't think that's hundred percent fair. I think it is pretty true to what was set up in the first two movies in terms of the tone and stuff. I do think anything involving venom or the symbiote costume falls flat on its face. If I'm being honest, unfortunately that's a lot of the movie. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, so is this
0: where we should talk about it a little bit? Because I think we're both going to say goodbye to Spider-Man 3. I think we should talk maybe for a second. Yeah. Venom was kind of forced on him, correct? On yeah, Avia
1: wanted Venom.
0: Aviarod, the kind of head man at Sony, the head of the Spider-Man movies at that time, producer-wise, right? Um, yes. Okay.
1: He was in charge of like a lot of the Marvel stuff, I think, too. Cause it, well, yeah, because he would have been in charge
0: of, like Ghost Rider and all the other Sony stuff um and sam has a very uh, Rami has a very obvious kind of connection and love for those classic spider-man villains like yeah
1: right and so my understanding is this so there was no agreement for Remy to do anything beyond three he, he agreed to sign up for a trilogy i think or or at least two more after the first one's success something like that he had no commitment to do another one i think the studio was a like planning on this being the final one and everybody was kind of planning on this being the final one which it would wind up being. Um, I know that Toby Maguire who had quite a bit of pull at this point with these movies and with Raimi really wanted Sandman because he like t- I apparently told McGuire Maguire is a big Spider-Man fan.
0: They talked about it I remember the lead up to like during 2 there because people would ask him like who's going to be the villain in the next one and both of them um but yeah you're right toby especially um talked about sandman and i like ramey was really excited about kind of the visual possibilities of it as well as well and i do think those hit in this movie i think sandman like the visual stuff for that uh I, oh off. yeah yeah
1: the birth of sandman you've mentioned before is one of your oh, favorites it right rules.
0: it's awesome and christopher young's score is phenomenal it, it's <laughs>
1: really good um but so Toby really wanted Sam because Toby's a classic Spider-Man fan. Right. He wanted a villain from the comics that, like they had done before—Green Goblin, Doctor Octopus. You think of things like Mysterio or the Vulture, or Electro, things like that. Um, that's what he wanted, right? Raimi, I know, wanted to continue and close out the the Harry stuff. Because, I always
0: forget about the Harry stuff in right, this movie too. There's because, because that so was much something that on. he
1: was building to throughout the course of the the, the movies ahead of this. And I believe Raimi also was interested in finally pulling the trigger on Kirk Connors. So there was some of that then. And then Arad came in and said, no, you got to do Venom. And you can see why the the movie can be a bit of a mess. (laughs) Right. At times. I do think there's great moments in the film. I really,
0: truly do. But I do think it's... Weirdly enough for me, except for maybe the retcon, even that, doesn't it doesn't bother me as much as it used to. But most of the great moments, for me, revolve around Sandman.
1: The stuff when it's just Spider-Man versus Sandman really works. Yeah. And I even think some of the hairy stuff works. It's yeah. silly that he gets knocked out.
0: The amnesia, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they
1: just, like, we don't have anything for this guy to do. Um,
0: <laughs> you know that Sometimes I forgive that kind of stuff, because I would... Totally happened in like a '70s Spider-Man true, comic. True, <laughs> true. Like that's the thing is, those first two remind me of Lee Ditko comics, like Stanley uh-huh. comics. The third one reminds me of like some Jerry Conway Spider-Man comic <laughs> from like yeah, from like after that. So I do, I do have a little bit of a spot, a soft spot for that. So sorry. Yeah,
1: no, 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 you're good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's I do, I think that there's really some strong moments. I, my biggest gripe with Spider-Man three, honestly. Is not even. It's not that it's overstuffed, which it is. It's not that there's. It can be kind of a mess, which it can be. It's that I love Tobey Maguire's Spider Man, and I kind of love Kirsten Dunst's Mary Jane. She could be kind of written, yeah, sometimes, but I'll forgive it. But like, I love the this, these versions of these characters a lot. Like, I grew to love them over the course of two movies, and I think that's a because those movies are very good, especially the second movie. And B, because they came at such an important formative time in my life that I, I felt a bond and a connection with these versions of the characters. And like I said before, Raimi is so optimistic and so kind of full of... There's a, there's a, love, like, there's a sweetness and a tenderness and a, a level of joy in those Spider-Man films. And Spider-Man 3 it ends really like it's dour as hell. It's a bummer. It doesn't end nicely. There's
0: no sense it's, of... It's We're talking about two of the most cynical Sam Raimi movies. True. Simple Plan true. and this. But Simple Plan is meant to it be should that be. way. Yes. It
1: should be. Um, Spider-Man 3 ends... like It's a bummer. And I wonder if maybe that is because at that point there were talks of him coming back and doing four. So he was going to be able to go back and maybe continue on from where they, he leaves those characters. But if I'm being honest, this is probably the biggest reason I'm... <laughs> excited for this new Spider-Man movie if if rumors are true and Toby Maguire may be in the, involved in some way, shape, or form. If I can get my happy ending for right. Tobes, for the Tobes Spidey, I'll be happy. Because so, yeah. you don't get that here. You really don't. No, you don't. The it, last, it's a very bittersweet
0: ending here. There's a sadness. Of those characters, I
1: don't know about you, but like I've always felt like when there's characters I really love and I've followed for a length of time, whether it's a TV show or a series of films, and things end on a note that feels incomplete in some way or feels um and just not satisfying that always bug like like i can't like that that will forever bug me like it, it will forever bother me and so that's always bothered me about about Raimi's spider-man trilogy is i just i want those characters to get more of a closure for me personally i would like that
0: and i want i want ramey to as well yes i do that's why i'm happy he's coming back for dr strange because like i want to see him play in that kind of world again and that's actually why i liked (laughs) one of the reasons
1: why i like days of future past if i'm like which i know is not a perfect film and i don't think it's even one of the best x-men movies necessarily it's it's up there which is not saying a ton sometimes but I liked the ending because, like, yeah, because I, to a I, I now the Toby the Raimi Spider Man characters and and actors and performances are more important to me I think than they than the X Men one and two ones are. Um But still, I mean, those were formative movies for me too, for sure. those X Men movies. So it was nice to see like Fomke's Jean Grey and Marsden's uh, Scott Summers and stuff get like kind of a happy ending at the end of Days of Future Past. It was like, oh, this is nice. Like like I don't have to feel bad about how those movies ended anymore. Right. <laughs> anyway, so it's simple plan for me there we go back to
0: it <laughs> um, simple plan for me as well simple plan is kind of perfect and yeah. we're going to get to it a little more later but uh, it like like what you said it's a cynical Sam can get you mentioned it being kind of like a Coen Brothers movie it definitely is um, it definitely feels like a blood simple or a Fargo and you don't get yeah. to, you don't see that often from Sam um, I think I'm a little higher on Spidey through than some I always have been I remember that you always have been yeah, yeah. that word of mouth early was toxic and it I was re- brutal it was brutal and then I went and saw it and like it wasn't that bad where it falls a Part for me is honestly, it. I'm with it. Even the stuff I don't like, I kind of I'm with it until like that meeting between Sandman and Venom in the alley. That is
1: the moment the movie turns. It is
0: so lazy, and I can't believe. It's embarrassing. It's bad. And then honestly, the final fight isn't very good either. No. Because it's also just overstuffed and he's cutting back and forth between Hal Fishman, the news guy. <laughs> Which is terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's just, that's where it goes off the rails. Because uh, even the, yeah, I'm, I've am i always liked the dance scene. I remember, it's weird, everybody hated the dance scene. Like that was the stuff I prepared myself for. That act
1: stuff doesn't actually bother me that much. Like it's lame. It's not very right. good. I wish we got more of a, but it's Raimi's version of the, the evil suit.
0: Like It's the only part to, I've also, the theater I was in came alive during that. They loved it. Because yeah. they were I don't know, they were on the same wavelength as baby Raby was or V was which is like, hey, Peter Parker's kind of a dork. <laughs> like he
1: would think, He wouldn't he would be think like he wouldn't cool. be like murdering people. He would be yeah. <laughs> no,
0: he'd be, no, he'd be dancing around like a dork.
1: Pointing finger guns. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so anyway, they were they were all along with it. But it's also those two scenes, that one and then the jazz one, which I always forget about yeah. as well. Those are the only two scenes where like Raimi kind of comes alive a little bit. in yeah. This one because yeah, it's not it's not the same guy, and even no. personally, I don't think it was because Denny Elfman, who they were good friends with, and I, they have reconciled from what I've read, is mm-hmm. was like that that guy during Spider Man three because he would not he was not brought back from two to score them. He's like, I don't, I didn't know that guy on part three. Is <laughs> what he said about Raimi. Wow, and so I think a lot of it has to do with just kind of the studio interference and.
1: He was tired. I mean, he he, didn't he do those back to back to back?
0: Yep. Yeah, he did all those three. You'd be. He was tired. He that was all he did too. He just did the Spider-Man movies. He didn't do anything in between. And then you had the yeah the studio interference and all that stuff. So, um, and I'm with you. It's just not a good capper to that trilogy. And I'm hoping to see some sort of resolution as well. But I've got a simple plan as well. All right. Next up, uh, we've got Spider-Man. Do we need to go? Yeah. When bitten by a. Genetically modified spider, uh, he becomes Spider-Man. Score of 7.3. Starring the same people as three, except Willem Dafoe's in this one. And this is going up against Oz the Great and Powerful. Ah, A small-time magician is swept away to an enchanted land and is forced into a power struggle between three witches. James Franco, Michelle Williams, or Rachel Weisz, and Zach Braff, I believe, as the monkey. Oh my god, is that right? Yes, I believe so. (laughs) So... Uh, welcome to horror movie yearbook, where we talk about Spider Man and Oz the Great and Powerful. Lily, who you got this, this <laughs> yeah. horror fueled least
1: The least horror related we've ever talked about, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, Simple plan and drag me to hell. At least for horror movies on this side of the bracket. Yes, we get more horror related on the other side of the bracket. So yeah, there that's true.
1: That's true. Um, I've got oh, man. Um, I've got Spider Man because it's better. Um, <laughs> you know what? I don't hate everything about Oz the Great and Powerful. I think, in theory, Raimi doing an Oz movie makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, I just don't think it feels terribly Raimi to me. It feels like a Tim Burton Wizard of Oz movie to me. It feels like Raimi trying to be Tim Burton a little it bit. It felt
0: like those Disney kind of remakes, that were kind of like the Burton, uh, Alice in Wonderland stuff.
1: Yeah, which is a fine movie. Yeah, I actually thought it was fine, but but it, I expected more from Raimi, I guess. Or different, a little darker maybe, a little more... Um, a Little bit more of like a Raimi twist on Alice in Wonderland. This just kinda of felt like or on uh, a Wizard, Wizard of Oz. Oz. Yeah. This just kind of felt like a Disney Wizard of Oz movie. And so I wasn't really fully committed. I also think some of the performances are kind of yeah. Um Franco's okay. Uh not in real life as a person, but in this <laughs> in this movie. Um Kunis is weird uh when she gets witched when she turns into the witch spoiler alert she's not great i don't think At that point,
0: there are probably other people that can speak to this better than me. And I remember there being quite a bit of like, even like, I don't want to call it controversy, but people like people saying like, "Hey, the female characters in this movie, uh, there's some there's some elements that maybe don't hold up well." (laughs) Yeah, no, no. yeah, and I think that might have something to do because I think I know what you're talking about too. But it's been so long since I've seen this movie too that I cannot remember.
1: It's been a while, but I I would agree with those sentiments. Um, And ultimately, it's just it's a very forgettable movie. Which is kind of is always a sin, like at least a bad movie or kind of a crummy movie in somebody's filmography. You remember, even if it's for the wrong reasons, there's memorable moments because clearly you there was something you remembered about the movie. We to just not remember like.
0: every bit of like Spider-Man Three,
1: exactly. <laughs> and, and and I don't like Spider-Man Three right as a whole. Um, but with Oz, I don't remember anything about Oz. Hardly. I remember flashes of it.
0: Yeah, I remember the monkey. And yeah. uh, Yeah. I remember the monkey bits. It was weird if I recall correctly too, because they didn't, the rights to the original Wizard of Oz movie, which everybody remembers, are like held up. So like they couldn't reference certain things. Like they couldn't use certain musical pieces and stuff. So like you're left with this weird thing that's paying homage to a movie that they can't
1: can't truly dip their toes into or, or get into. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. That's funny. But yeah, no, Spider-Man 1, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but like, it, it's really, what's funny is a lot of those early, and I'm not taking like the earliest comic book superhero movies, that second wave, so we're talking post-Batman, post-Burton Batman and Christopher Reeve Superman, like post that very early, kind of the, the 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 scattershot stuff that would come out, like you'd get like a random Captain America movie in like, the late 80s, early 90s, it was direct-to-video, or the, the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. There was that scattershot stuff. The first ones, first three, in kind of the, the modern pre-MCU, I guess, pre-shared universe comic book movies were Blade, Spider-Man, and X-Men. Yes, those are the ones that
0: I and these three were really important too, especially X Men in a way because yes. they came out after Batman and Robin, right? Which, which everybody had thought had killed it, <laughs> it was <laughs> over. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and out of those three, and I've seen them all relatively recently. Uh, Spider Man, I think, is the one that really still holds up. I think X Men feels pretty dated. If I'm being honest, yeah. it really does. It. I still have fun with X Men. I still have a soft spot for X Men, but it very much feels like a product of its time. For sure. Like very much. It's
0: a movie too that feels embarrassed at times by its origins. Hundred percent. Spider Man does not
1: at all. Not so even like, for a second.
0: Even the Goblin costume, which I think people had argued about, um, kind of being that way. The Goblin costume is just, it, it's them trying to figure out a way to make that costume work, work. in and a it movie. It and just doesn't. Fine. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, it is what it is, right? Um, and I think Blade, Blade's very good as well, no doubt about it. But I do think, for sure, yeah. But I, I, but Blade shows its age too in a lot of ways. Well, I the, think.
0: also the th- weird thing about Blade is like Blade the character and the comics, like it kind of sucks. Like, yeah, not, pun not intended. Um, but like he's <laughs> kind of <laughs> like Blade has never been for me. I've never read a Blade comic that I'm like, oh, sweet, make that into a like Blade worked because. Uh, it's an s- awesome movie, and Wesley mm-hmm. Snipes is awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah, Wesley tends, re- Wesley really kind of cemented that character right. as a kind of an indelible, yeah, for sure. Um, but Spider-Man 1 still holds up, and Spider-Man 1 is not the best Sam Raimi movie, and it's not even the best Spider-Man movie. It's best Sp- Sam Raimi, Spider-Man movie. But I'll watch Spider-Man 1 before I'll watch either of the amazing Spider-Man movies. And I'll watch it before I'll watch either of the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies.
0: Ooh, now we're getting spicy. Now we get some spicy takes. That's what I like. I'm just saying. I, like. I
1: would. Um, do I think some, that those, some of those movies do certain things better maybe than the first Spider-Man movie? Yeah, sure. But I also recognize that this movie came out a lot earlier and could have failed so miserably and could have been a, such a disaster and a mess. And it still holds up. And that's a huge feat. Plus, Willem Dafoe. What a national treasure. I
0: think people, maybe, I don't mean to speak, but I think what's great about that first movie and those first two movies, shit, I'm sorry, even the three movies, is like that cast for a big budget superhero movie is crazy that like yeah. they went with these. Toby Maguire was like a kid from like Cider House Rules. He had done a couple movies, but nothing. Had he done Pleasantville? Yeah, he done Pleasantville. He'd done Pleasantville, point. but I mean, he was more of an indie, kind of an indie. He rock, wasn't a superhero. Kirsten Dunst type. was, I mean, she was a pretty sure, decent sized star. Sure. She had done like Bring It On and stuff, yeah. I think, by that point. But She might have been the biggest star of the bunch. She, I think she was. And then um, Defoe was Defoe. <laughs> Defoe is Defoe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very cool, almost like indie Cast kind for of, those things, yeah. and I think it, in some ways, it sem- set the template for the yeah. best because it wasn't just trying to cast a big star in those movies. You know what? I guess you could go back to maybe Keaton as Batman, but even that Batman had Nicholson as the Joker.
1: Well, but we had to remember too that that when Keaton was cast as Batman, that was a weird. People yep. did were not excited about that. Because no, for sure. Yep. Keaton was a, was known as a comedic actor. People thought that was like a bad call. You know, um, what's funny to me is that we're there's while well, we know Keaton's back for the new Flash movie that's confirmed and out there and okay and, and um and like I said the big rumors right now are that Tommy McGuire is involved in 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 the new Spider-Man in some capacity it's it's crazy to think that we could see both of them back in costumes right by this time next year it's right. so weird uh i don't know they know how to play off the nostalgia don't they
0: yes it's working on us. It's gonna
1: sucker me in. I'm gonna go see that Flash movie because I want to see Keaton in the Batman costume again. Yeah, I'll be honest, I do. Yeah, because I have a soft spot for Burton's Batman too. So, yeah, I love it. anyway,
0: we'll do a Burton. We'll do a Burton's Batman bracket. <laughs> Just those two movies.
1: <laughs> Shit. I uh, actually I like Batman Returns. So I'm not gonna. Me too. I'm not gonna pretend I don't.
0: Uh, so you guys are our bad, right? <laughs> uh yeah, for sure. Uh, as far as origin stories go, I don't. It's this one. And. Donner's Superman, and Favreau's Iron Man, for me.
1: I was going to say Iron Man is and the other one.
0: Yeah, those three, and I think they have a lot in common, yeah. and some of what they have in common is they are incredible for like the first two-thirds of the movie, and then the third act is like kind of the weakest of all of them. But I... Yes. Yeah, because even, yeah, even Donner's... Uh, the Su- third
1: act still works in all three of them, but, yes, but I no the agree. weakest part, certainly. By the time you get to the third act, you're like, you're kind of emotionally invested enough to just be like, let's just beat this bad guy. Let's take it home.
0: Yep. Um, So I'll talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, like you said with that, I don't remember it. I like the bits with the monkey. I remember, I like the, uh, I saw it in 3D, and I really liked Ramey's use of 3D. I think, if I recall correctly, he did a good job of that. Doesn't surprise me. And the first, like, 10 to 15 minutes are black and white, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, smart. So there are some cool Hollywood throwbacks, and it's Raimi, if I remember. Oh, yeah, you know what? In my research, I found out we, us Michigan taxpayers, uh, even though Oz is the great and powerful is based on the novels, or no wait, sorry. The taxpayers of the state of Michigan reimburse Disney forty million dollars of this film's budget, but have no equity in the film. Yeah, how's that? Work? <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, how do we get screwed on that? <laughs> if, funny. And you know what? Make a more memorable film if you're going to take our $40 dollars.
1: That's really funny.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. So we both got Spider. Let's move on yep. to the other side of the bracket. Right. I think. Um, let's do the gift versus Darkman
1: ah yeah Uh,
0: the GIF 6.7 IMDB score fortune teller with extra sensory perception is asked to help find a young woman who has mysteriously disappeared Kate Blanchett Katie Holmes Keanu Reeves versus Darkman 6.4 score way too low a brilliant scientist left for dead returns to exact revenge on the people who burned him alive Liam Neeson Francis McDormand and Larry Drake the great Larry Drake Uh, Willie who you got here
1: Uh, Darkman is Sam Raimi making a Batman movie yep but not having the rights to Batman Um, it is a perfect blend of his, clearly his, um, appreciation and love for superhero stories, which he was able to really get crazy with in the Spider-Man movies, and his love for gothic horror, which is something that he was able to touch upon a lot, actually, in Army of Darkness, a lot of the gothic horror stuff in Army of Darkness. It's known as a comedy, which it very much is, but there's a lot of gothic horror imagery in that movie, um, and in Drag Me to Hell, actually, um, but... He gets to blend those two things, and it's very, very cool. Love Darkman um, and Neeson. You know, uh, the gift. The gift is kind of a cool, like taut thriller with a supernatural. It's and restrained. That's, really
0: cool. that's the better word than castrated that I was looking for. Sure. But restrained. Restrained.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm I will. This is might be a shocker, but The Gift wins for me in this one.
0: Whoa! Yeah. All right, I like it.
1: Really like Dark Man. I, really, I really, truly do. I think it's a ton of fun, and I think it's very fun to watch Raimi uh, merge those two loves and, and passions of his. But I think The Gift rules. I think the cast kicks ass. I love the story. Um, I love the twists and turns. It's dark. It's dripping with just like Bayou. <laughs> not B O, by well, probably some B O too, if you see some of those characters in the GIF. <laughs> Keanu. Um he is gnarly in that movie. Yeah. Um it just
0: and, and, and this is the script by Billy Bob Thornton. I think yes. we re- mentioned it. I forgot to mention it here, but this is the one that's written by Billy Bob Right. Um
1: Um It's got that supernatural element that Raimi likes to play with. It doesn't feel overly Raimi in a lot of ways from a from it would, it's not what you'd expect him to do. But then again, Raimi's a master of expect the unexpected because he's done a lot of different stuff. I mean, even Spider-Man wouldn't have been an obvious choice at the
0: time. Well, the gift kind of got him this, didn't Crazy it? Crazy enough, right? Yeah, because yeah. they kind of wanted to see him. The gift is him without kind of relying on that bag of tricks that he had. And I think I think For Love of the Game is a little bit too, but it's without him relying on that kind of like kinetic camera work. It's him telling a story in a restrained way but also a very suspenseful way too um, yeah and
1: I think the, the gift has some downright scary moments it has some kind of tear-jerky moments it's I I, I mean uh, look I'm gonna be up front here
0: oh we're gonna talk about this yeah we got t- we That's gotta fine. address it you know what we do have to address it because it was a big deal at the time we have to address this okay
1: um, Katie Holmes
0: this is for okay. historical purposes yes. we're talking about for the next and
1: hour. I was a teenage boy when the gift came out what year did the gift come out
0: Ninety-eight, ninety-nine. I think ninety-nine.
1: Okay, I yeah, I was thirteen years old. Okay, uh, so I was a teenage boy, and two thousand, by the way, I was fourteen years <laughs> old, which is yeah, same thing. Right about yeah, um, and I was a young man, and Dawson's Creek was very popular at the time, and Katie Holmes was a very popular actress from Dawson's Creek at the time. Uh, I had seen her in some movies uh, like Disturbing Behavior. Had a big crush on Katie Holmes, and one of the big things to come out about the gift somehow during like the the, the initial press stuff was that like Katie Holmes is is uh, uh you see her breasts. And, and now looking back on it, gift. this is
0: probably one of those gross things that a studio leaked or something to kind of sell this movie because they knew they had like a weird supernatural thriller. I'm it, sure that yeah. wasn't going to that was like. Just going to hit on, like, cable. Somebody like, threw that, yeah.
1: like, hey, make sure you mention that you see Katie Holmes. Well, I mean, do you remember yeah.
0: Swordfish, how they marketed Swordfish?
1: It was, come it was, see Halle Berry's breasts. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, same yeah. thing.
1: Which, in both scenes, uh, with the gift the scene doesn't feel gratuitous it feels like it's just part of the movie exactly right? i don't with yeah. swordfish it's very gratuitous uh,
0: swordfish swordfish is ridiculous but you know what sort like a sunbathing swordfish is a trashy movie anyway so i don't think it's the really...
1: first dvd i ever owned um <laughs> swordfish uh now i know why my dad you're right though i don't think this is
0: gratuitous first. it is it's just i mentioned it because it is kind of gross the way they sold it
1: yeah. i agree yes and whether or not that was the studio or just people who saw the movie it, it definitely it was there was there was buzz about the fact that you Got to see Katie Holmes' breasts, and we are and not so, anti-nudity.
0: We are not prudes on the no. show. I just I sometimes I I, it I just don't off, want
1: people to think that we're.
0: It comes off a little skeevy you know, when people are just like, "Hey, let's watch talk about this."
1: But look, at the time, I was thriller. I was a young man, a young straight man, right. and I was very attracted to Katie Holmes. And I was very excited to see her breasts, but uh, so I might have I might have rented the movie.
0: Greg Kinnear is uh, in the scene with her. Right? He is. Yeah. It's a
1: very disturbing scene too, actually. Very much so, so it's it, yeah. Um, so any excitement or arousal I got from it at my in, in, at 14 it was dashed pretty quickly when Kinnear got <laughs> I kooky. think it's the
0: only real nudity, maybe. The uh, maybe Evil Dead movies might have some. I think the Evil Dead movie has one of them. Because she, when she's dancing, she's naked, right? And she
1: uh, I believe so, yes. But uh,
0: uh, other than apparently Kevin Costner for Lovely and yeah. Sam, a very equal opportunist, yeah. though, when it comes to the, yeah. the nudity. shows
1: off some Costner dick. <laughs> Why not? Uh, um... <laughs> So, yes, so I I, I may have rented the film, and I don't remember. I may have rented the film from my local video store for the reason I had heard. It worked on
0: Teenage Boys. And I
1: I did, and I'm I'm sure... I'm not going to lie. I am sure that's why I rented it. It's
0: probably why I went out of my way to work. But
1: I I will say this, I came for the Katie Holmes... (laughs) Thanks for finishing. (laughs) I came for the Katie Holmes breasts... And I stayed because I really enjoyed the film.
0: It was funny, as you finished it, it didn't get any better.
1: I know, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it still sounded bad. Um, I, yeah, I, I rented the film with the purpose of seeing Katie Holmes' Press. <laughs> and I stuck around and watched the rest of the film because it actually, I think, is is a pretty, pretty cool movie. And um, it, it beats Darkman for me. I know it's crazy, but
0: Darkman's got no Katie Holmes' boobs. It's got a pink elephant though. It does. Um, so you've got yeah, good job. I love I love and I loved your reasoning. Um, I love Darkman. It's this big like horror slash superhero movie that I don't think we've gotten enough of. Uh, what have what have we gotten of these? Maybe Blade you count? Blade um, is definitely
1: one foot in the horror realm, no question. Maybe a couple feet in actually. Um Hellboy. Right. Um Hellboy would be one.
0: I guess the Ghost Rider movies kinda count, but the
1: Ghost Rider movies are on that are on the cusp there. Um, that's just another reason I'm excited for Moon Knight. Right. Because I think that we could finally. And, uh, Doctor Strange, it, does, it doesn't no, do yeah, enough of it for me. Point. I hope Raimi's able to do more. Yeah. With the sequel. But, but the
0: fact that we're struggling to name these tells me that we have not got enough we of these need kind more. of hybrids. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's very, yeah, it's also, yeah, it's him making a Batman movie, it's him making a, uh, a better shadow movie than uh, Frank Miller. It was Frank Miller that made The Shadow, right? Uh, better movie than he could ever hope to dream of making. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, he was trying to make The Shadow. That was the original yep. plan. Um, It's quotable. It's weird. Um, it's not like the Spider-Man movies. Um, no. It's uh, it's pretty unfiltered, Raimi, uh, early on in his career. So you're still getting that. The Gift is good. Uh, it's got a really good Keanu performance. I think you mentioned that. It's one of those, I don't know. It's definitely worth a watch. So I will say this. If if maybe you are listening to us and you haven't seen a couple movies on here, I think The Gift and A Simple Plan are two movies that are horror related and that you should go out of your way to check out because I think they're both definitely worth a watch. And yeah. even though I'm not like super crazy, it's also been a long time since I've seen The Gift. So yeah. there's that uh, factoring into it too. And Dark Man is fresher in my memory because I, I kind of watch Darkman <laughs> whenever I can. Um, so I've got Dark Man here, but The Gift is good. Ah, I agree. Um, so... Army of Darkness, uh, number three seed, a sardonic mm. with a seven point five score, which is really high, a sardonic, but I get it.
1: I thought you. I thought you were just uh, you were reading, still reading the synopsis. A sardonic with a seven point five score, and I'm like, <laughs> that sums up Ash.
0: You're right. <laughs> <laughs> A uh, sardonic hardware store clerk is accidentally transported to 1300 AD, where he must retrieve the Necronomicon and battle an army of the dead so he could return home. Bruce Campbell, and Beth Davids, I've never been able to pronounce that. Beth it.
1: Davids. M. Beth
0: Davids and yeah, Marcus uh, Gilbert. Then we, It's going up against Crime Wave. Um, a pair of whacked-out cartoon-like exterminator hitmen killed the owner of a burglar alarm company and stalked the partner who hired them, his wife, and a nerd framed for the murder. This is him straight from IMDb, so <laughs> good for them, who tells the story in flashback from The Electric Chair, starring Louis Lasser, uh, Brian James, and Bruce Campbell in a smaller role. All right, Willie, who you got here? Um, <laughs> not Crime Wave. Yeah, uh, We should mention, uh, Crime Wave was, I believe, co-written by one of the Coen brothers, I believe, Joel. Yeah. And uh, Raimi's disowned it completely. He has. I have
1: not seen Crime Wave in a long time. I know I've seen it at some point. It's been a long time, admittedly. I don't remember thinking it was very good. Um, I think Army of Darkness rules. Yeah. Um, for a long time, it was my favorite Raimi movie. Um, that has changed, but it's. I still think it's really great. And um, I think it blends horror and humor, mostly humor, but horror and humor and just this zany fish out of water story in this medieval setting. And it's all on a budget and it's just crazy. He pulled it off. I mean, he's using like goofball, evil dead, one tricks and two tricks. He's using like Ray Harryhausen effects. I mean, like he's, he's throwing the kitchen sink in there and sometimes that works. You get the impression that it's almost like, like Spider-Man three in some ways where you get the impression that like, whereas in the case of Spider-Man three, everything was getting chucked at the wall to see what would stick because he, everybody, he was trying to please everybody but himself with army of darkness. You get the vibe there. He's like, I'm never going to get this much money to make a movie like this again. So I'm just going to go absolutely apeshit. And I'm going to make myself happy. So it's two instances of Raimi throwing everything at the wall. And uh, the one that works is the one where he's at least doing it for, I think, the right reasons. Or for, uh, you know, maybe selfish reasons. But I think it works. Um, Yeah, it's Army of Darkness. No question.
0: So I've got Army as well. Uh, the I love Army of Darkness. It's this weirdly, it's become this kind of weirdly divisive movie. I think in some ways because it it's, has, yeah, it's not horror. It's the first one I believe I saw because Army is the one that like kids quoted all the time that I knew. Like army was like, it was, it this was is my ash. boomstick. This is my yeah, boomstick. Yeah. Like this was the stuff that like, and it was the, it was the movie that I remember ran in every, the advertisement ran for in every comic book. Every book.
1: single comic book <laughs> for years, by the way, I did not know. I saw army darkness before I saw evil dead one or two. Yeah. And I didn't know that there was any relation between, between them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> and I remember like, like, Being in the video store one time, and like this, like like the coolest dude in school at the time uh, was in there as well, and he was he had Army of Darkness. He's like, dude, we gotta watch this. This is the best. (laughs) So, so um, it is. But in a way, it is this because it is a lot of it is not horror related at all. No, like you said, it's straight up slapstick comedy. It's a comedy. Um, But there's horror. There are horror elements. elements in it, yeah, yeah. But it's also where Bruce became, or Ash became a cartoon character. But it's also Campbell's so good at playing that That's character, the thing. <laughs> like I don't care. And Rami's so good at torturing Campbell while he's playing Ash. He absolutely is. <laughs> um, uh, Rami's yeah.
1: a terrible person to <laughs> to his friends. <laughs>
0: yes. um, there are some fun, like behind the scenes spe- features. Like he always beats up his lead actors. And uh, mostly actors, if I recall correctly, because it's Toby, too. He beats him up a lot in the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Um, so it's all playful, it seems. Is so, Coverbatch
1: going to be okay? Is he going to make it through this?
0: I hope not. My, my wife's got a big crush on him, so hopefully Sam beats the he's crime He's got to go. Yeah, he's got to go. Get Sam on Loki next. Uh, <laughs> uh, we talked a little bit about Crime Wave. Uh, Bruce Campbell said that the film wasn't released. It escaped. So that Yikes. about sums it up. Yikes. This was a disaster production-wise. I would point anybody, just as a good read, if you haven't read the Bruce Campbell autobiographies, both of them, but particularly that first one, um, I believe it's called a Chins Could Kill, Confessions of a B-Movie Actor. Right. Um, he goes into a lot of behind-the-scenes stories on those early Evil Dead movies, but also this movie. And he talks about just what a debacle this whole thing was behind the scenes. He was originally supposed to play the lead and I believe he, Sam wanted him for the lead for Darkman too and it ended up getting yes. it but um, this was always which this, kind of worked out well, in that, a weird way it right? always added to the uh, it adds to the legend of Bruce yeah. for a while because that was the thing i remember growing up is like Bruce always should have been a leading man in every movie ever <laughs> but but then if you like ever saw it like maybe he didn't want it yeah. like maybe it's better in your head the way it was um so but he talks about, um, let's. where's this one story before we move on? Courtney Bruce Campbell, Louis, Louis Lassier, Lasser, was under the influence of cocaine. She fired her makeup artist. She insisted that she apply all her own makeup, despite objections from the cast. She would oft, often show up with poorly applied clown makeup and messed up hair, oblivious to how she appeared. Oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, this whole thing was, uh, Raimi hates it. He's called it a just a horrible, depressing scene. Um, I think it's worth a watch for completists. Particularly, uh, I think even Coen Brothers complete us, but Raimi complete us as well. There's some fun slapstick stuff. There's one scene in particular where um, it's basically just a big Looney Tunes, Tex Avery style scene where a guy's running through like buildings and it's uh, and, like walls and stuff. Um, and it's Raimi, it's the best part of the movie. It, it weirdly has stuff in common with Spider-Man 3 at times um, because of the studio interference and just Raimi at times saying, F it. I'm just going to do stuff I like. But it's bad. Um, So, Army of Darkness is the winner here. All right, let's finish this side of the bracket. Let's do it. Um, Spider-Man 2, Peter Parker is beset with troubles in his personal life as he battles a brilliant scientist named Otto Octavius. This one stars Toby and Kirsten Dunst and Alfred Molina. It's got a score of 7.3, and it's our sixth seed, which was low, I thought, but... Um The Quick and the Dead is our 11 seed at 6.4. A female gunfighter returns to a frontier town where a dueling tournament is being held, which she enters in an effort to avenge her father's death. Russell Crowe, Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman.
1: Uh I just want to start this by saying uh The Quick and the Dead rules.
0: This is a bad matchup for Quick yeah, and the Dead. Yeah.
1: I really wish The Quick and the Dead was going to make it further than this because I actually think it's one of the it's one of the better like post Eastwood era westerns, like this came out period in
0: the early mid nineties when like stuff like Maverick, all a lot of like westerns were coming around. They around were
1: there was a bit of a western resurgence, and most of them were not very good. Right. Um, well, I don't think that's fair. I, I, let me. Most of them felt, and I I I like Maverick. Most of them felt like big silly. Family westerns Like almost Like bring your family To watch Maverick Like Mel Gibson Goof around in Maverick Does it right. make sense? Um But Quick and the Dead Is like dark And kind of gritty And nasty And uh Feels like an old To me like Feels like tonally Like an old spaghetti western Where like Every character's Kind of a A shithead And you're not necessarily Rooting for anybody But like You still want to see the, the worst of the guy The bad guys get it You know In this case Gene Hackman I like Quick and the Dead. <laughs> I think yeah. it's got a killer Hackman's cast. Awesome yeah. Hackman is uh, unbelievably good. Uh, yeah, I, I really like Quick and the Dead. But <laughs> Spider-Man 2 is like a perfect movie, right? Like when I think of Spider-Man 2, I can't think of anything wrong with Spider-Man 2. And, and it, like, it's not one of my favorite movies of all time. It's, uh, It's not like in my top 10 of all time or anything crazy like that. But I do think it's on the list for me of like perfect. Like it does everything. It it, it accomplishes everything it sets out to do. Like it, 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 it's... Yeah. So it's Spider-Man 2. There's no question. It's one of the... It's, it, it's one of if not... One of the best if not the best sequels of all time as well. I think that's important to, to mention. I don't think that sequels are always very good. I think most people would agree. Um, I think there's certainly some instances. But uh, Spider-Man 2 is like... Yeah, it's it's heads and shoulders above the original, and it it's yeah, it's it's phenomenal.
0: Yeah, uh, Spider-Man Two for me as well. Like you said, it's a bad matchup for Quick and the Dead. I yeah. should I I would be remiss to not mention Quick and the Dead uh, would be my wife's pick. She loves Quick and the Dead. Yeah. Um, it's a cool movie. It is very cool. Um, and yeah, it's just it's a very entertaining. Um, very entertaining Western from around that time. The piece of trivia I wanted to bring up here, Sharon Stone was given a l- lengthy list of directors that had been approved to direct this film so that she could choose the director she thought would work. Um, this is according to the... Evil Sharon Deputy Stone was a
1: big deal at this time, Yes. By
0: the way. Yep. And she sent back a list with a single name, Sam Raimi. When asked why she chose Raimi, she said it was because she liked Army of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Sharon Stone has great taste. It films. That doesn't uh,
1: surprise me. She's a badass.
0: <laughs> so yes, she's a badass in this movie. Um, so yeah, I've got Spider Man too as well. All right, you ready to go on? Let's do this. Let's knock out this next round. Yeah. So we have the one seed uh, finally. Okay. Because uh, we had to. This one and Evil Dead got to buy. So Evil Dead Two versus Drag Me to Hell, which is quite an interesting matchup.
1: It is an interesting matchup, and uh, man, you know, I mean, like Evil Dead Two is like a like it, it is like. For so many people, Evil Dead 2 is like the hallmark. It's like the the classic. It's it. A lot of folks, for a lot of folks, it's the greatest, the best of all time. Um, I'm probably gonna lose some listeners. For me, it's Drag Me to Hell on this one.
0: All right, all right.
1: I just, I think Drag Me to Hell. I like. I love Evil Dead 2. I think it's great, but I've always been one to have a softer spot for Evil Dead 1. I think it's because. That was the one I had a copy of on, on VHS was Evil Dead One, not Evil Dead Two. I watched it about a billion times. It's a little bit meaner than Evil Dead Two. Evil Dead Two's a lot more, a little more certainly more fun than Evil Dead One. Because um, all the silliness and goofiness of the first Evil Dead movie are not intentional, really. Um it's it's a result of like it's a bunch of kids making a horror movie in the woods. Um Evil Dead Two, it was intentional, but I I think Evil Dead 2 is incredible. I just... Like, drag me to hell rules. Like, it's... It's Raimi... It's like I said before. It's Raimi... It's a more mature, been-through-the-shit Raimi making an Evil Dead movie, essentially. Because that's what he's doing. That's all... This is an Evil Dead movie in a lot of ways. Um, And... It's funny. It's sad. It's scary. Uh... I just I think it rules. And I, and I think for me, Drag Me to Hell is one of his best movies, period. Um so I, I'm going to Drag Me to Hell. I'm not gonna apologize for it either. Don't apologize. I'm not gonna
0: Okay, so I've got Evil Dead Two here. Um Evil Dead Two is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh it's it's the perfect blend of Raimi for me. It is slapstick it is looney tunes it is horror it is just an unrelenting gore fest for the first uh, first half it's just it's nuts (laughs) and i think it i think when you put it in the context of its time too it's it's just crazy and it's just a guy cutting loose after the experience of uh, the shitty experience he had on crime wave and and using a lot of what he had learned from that and just making it just going all out and i think it's awesome um that said Dragon hell is also great like there's this is not this is not anything. I guess I will not say anything bad about *Drag Me to Hell*. Uh, what gives *Evil Dead 2* the advantage for me, I guess, is just that it fits more, and it's also, it's also that perfect blend of Ash. And in, in a way, it reminds me of uh, Freddy and Dream Warriors*, where he's uh, not—he's yeah. not like super superhero Ash from the later <laughs> movies. Not jokey. He's just. He's, he's Ash. He becomes, I'm with you. Yeah, he, he becomes yeah. a little bit sillier later on in the movie. He becomes Ash in the second half of the movie. He's even talked about that. It also has one of the greatest jokes of all time, which is where he cuts his arm off and he looks at a copy of Hemingway's Farewell to Arms. <laughs>
1: the book. Which is really one of the great, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: One of the great, and that's the thing with Evil Dead too is everything sets up a hilarious gag to me. All of it. Yep. Yep. All of it is just, it's just, it sets up this horror and then it releases with just a ridiculous moment, uh, just a ridiculous gag. So I love Evil Dead 2. I used to watch it on my birthday every year. I missed the last couple, sadly. All right, so we both have a simple plan versus Spider-Man in the bottom half, correct? Yes. Who you got here?
1: So I actually, so I've not seen a simple plan in a little bit. It's been a bit since I've seen it. I wanted to watch it before we recorded. I did not get a chance to so I don't get to watch much of anything anymore. Um... I watch a lot of wrestling. Um,
0: wrestling, that's in Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Macho Man. Um, what is he? Uh, Bonesaw, Bonesaw,
0: right? Oh God, Bonesaw what a scene three. that is. It's really great. It's like the best scene in the movie. That's fantastic. <laughs> um,
1: for me, it's going to be Spider-Man, but I will say this. I feel like if I rewatch Simple Plan, shi- there could be a shift. And I So I, I want to I throw that little caveat in there. It is Spider-Man moving on for me. Because I think it's one of the great comic book superhero origin fil- stories um, ever translated to film, but I do think Simple Plan ha- would have a chance, possibly, with a rewatch of Dethroning. Maybe, maybe I'll watch it uh, in time for our next episode, and I'll come back and say, okay, it took the spot. Yeah. But for this, for the purposes of this episode, Spider Man is going to move on for me.
0: There are two matchups here in the second round where I do not have a pick, and this is one of them because mm. I can't. It's this is really tough, and weirdly enough, I'm going with like the same explanation as you because I've seen Spider-Man more recently, and I went, "Oh, yeah. this holds up way better than I thought it did." Right. Um. But I'm, I know a simple playhead is like perfect too. But yeah. it's Just. It's been so long, but I'm going Spider-Man just because I have such a soft spot. And I remember being there opening night and that feeling. That's what it is for me. It's that feeling and that connection of being there opening night and going, Oh my God, they got it right. Like that was, yeah, the thing yeah is, for sure. By this point, I was a big Spider-Man fan and a lot of it uh, comics, but also the cartoon. And by this point, the X-Men movie, yes. But even that was just missing something.
1: Okay. So I was just going to say, Here's the difference, Tim, and I, th- I think you'll agree, between the spider between that experience of seeing Spider-Man versus X-Men. I was just as excited, go- as excited, if not more so, going into X-Men the movie when it came out as I was with Spider-Man, as I was a fan of both things. Those are the two big '90s things: were X-Men and Spider-Man, uh, and there's a reason why those movies got made first, right? right? But I remember walking out of X-Men, having enjoyed it, having had fun, and been like, "That was cool," but never once did I look at the screen and go, "Like, it's the X-Men." Yeah. Fighting Magneto because they were all just wearing black matrix suits, and like they they felt like the characters to a it, most of the characters felt like the characters from the comics, but it just never it never fully clicked where i went i'm I'm actually getting to see the live action characters like the the comic book is on screen right now. The only time I would experienced that beforehand was Turtles, Ninja Turtles. Yeah, good. Where I was like, "Oh my god, that's a pretty good comparison." These are the Ninja yeah. Turtles. Yeah. Like they, they are exactly what I wanted. And then I saw Spider Man, and I was like, "Holy, this is Spider! man It's Spider Man. The costume is the costume. Peter Parker feels like Peter. Like everything, it felt for the first time. Like I said, since 1990, seeing that Turtles movie, it was the first time I went. Oh. Like I, I got, I got to feel the magic of something I loved so much coming alive and it sounds corny but it's true like it like obviously it was a little different from watching the turtles in 1990 and being a kid and and almost believing that they were real I knew that spider-man was not real I knew it was toby mcguire but for a moment there I got lost in it went holy shit that's spider-man he's like swinging through the city right this is actually like I'm seeing this in real yeah so anyway I that's the difference I think between spider-man and x-men is that raimi was able to like really make you feel that you know like they captured
0: and i think his filmmaking style too and even like not knowing it really as a kid but all just like Some of the CG doesn't hold up, I'll grant you that. But there are moments where you feel like you're swinging with Spider-Man because of the way he moves the camera. And you're like, I'm in there. The other thing, too, is I remember taking my mom like a week later to the movie. We took her for like Mother's Day, and she loved it, too. And I'm like, awesome, awesome. (laughs) And I remember this being around the time I was getting super into movies. And I knew Sam Raimi from the Evil Dead movies at the time, but... I was getting super in the movies and I remember this being kind of like a gateway to more things. So uh, I've got Spider-Man as well. I'm sure uh, like a simple plan. I'm sure it's the better movie. Oh uh, ah, yeah. Right. But like I can't do it to Spider-Man. I can't right now. No. Yep. Um, other side of the bracket. I've got Evil Dead versus Darkman. You've got Evil Dead versus The Gift. Who you got in this round? Evil Dead.
1: Uh, okay. I, I watched it a thousand times on VHS. It's Evil Dead. Um, and it's another situation where it's like it's not even necessarily in like my top tier of horror films ever but it was incredibly important that that VHS copy I burned out because I was obsessed with the effects and the like I said before like seeing the strings and and going oh my god like I understand how they made this movie <laughs> even if I couldn't do it myself I get it you know which is cool so yeah it's it's evil dead for me the gift rules though like if you haven't seen the gift or you haven't like rewatched it in a long time check it out it's actually like I think it's quite good yeah and I think it's actually a little bit ahead of its time to be honest with you it feels a little bit like some of the James Wan stuff that we're seeing now that's becoming popular to me. Um, it
0: also had that, it also had a Keanu performance that people love to point to as like, hey, Keanu can be like good. Yes. Yeah. He's very good
1: in the movie. <laughs> um, yeah. He's very good. So the whole cast is great. Yeah. Rabisi's really good too. Giovanni Rabisi. Yikes, man. I forgot he was even in that there. That guy's that's a talented actor. What a good man, cast. Man. Yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah. I forgot to mention Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2 has got a 7.7 7 score. Evil Dead 1 has got a 7.5 score and it's number two. That's mm. a two seat. So we haven't talked about Evil Dead yet, but uh, anyway. I've got Evil Dead and Darkman. This is the other one where I haven't made a pick. Mm. Here we go. On the on the fly,
1: right? That's tough.
0: Evil Dead. Uh, and yeah. it's a lame Final Four, but I knew it was going to be my Final Four anyway. Because it's just going to... Oh, well, we haven't got to the other pick yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to do it now?
0: Yeah, so Army of Darkness and Spider Man Two. Um, I've got Spider Man Two, yeah. so it's I. Mine was mine is Evil Dead and Spider Man, and I knew it was going to be. But. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, I get it. And you've got Army of Darkness versus Spider Man Two as well, right?
1: Yeah, and for me, it's also Spider Man Two. Army of Darkness rules. It's a ton of fun. Spider Man Two, like I said, it's perfect. I. I'm, yeah, it's Spider Man Two,
0: no question. Um. Yeah, Spider Man Two. Spider Man Two is perfect. Army of Darkness, I love, but, well, oh, yeah. Spider Man two. Alright, so you have Drag Me to Hell versus Spider Man. <laughs> yes, I do. On that side of the bracket. So who do you have between those two movies? Drive Me to Hell. I all love right. Drag Me to Hell, dude. Right.
1: I think it's I I think it's I I guess for all the reasons I said before, it's it's very funny. It's very gnarly. It's you know what I kinda love about it? It's still got the fun and the joy and the the earnestness of Raimi's movies but it also has this element of um, anger and cynicism to it that his other movies don't have because he's been through Spider-Man 3 at this point.
0: He names a character Jim Jacks in the movie, I think, and Jim Jacks was like the president of Universal yeah. around the time. Like, so I think it's like a shot at like yeah. one of the heads of Universal at the time. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, David Paymer's character, I think, is named Jim. Jax. I believe so. And he's like yes. a weasel. Yeah, he is. <laughs> total weasel. And, uh, and Sam is not a mean guy when you see him. No, like but later. I think he gets a little mean in this
1: one. Yes. And uh, the ending is like one of the meanest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Like the nicest purest most raimi s character in a lot of ways uh played by justin long has like, like goes to like the most traumatizing thing anybody i think has ever right. gone through on cinema i won't say any more <laughs> if you haven't seen it but it's like it's like like it the the film ends on a crying Justin Long, who's like this really sweet character all the way through.
0: It's the best ending ever. It <laughs> kicks
1: ass. It <laughs> kicks so much ass. Spider-Man One's incredible, and it's it's like I said, it really holds up, and it's great. It's fun. Defoe's amazing. Um, but like, it it does in some ways feel like an early superhero movie, like an early of that generation, it definitely there are moments where you go, this is early days and he hasn't perfected this yet. He would. <laughs> he would. Um, and I, I think a lot of people would argue that, it ha- like, it's arguable that it hasn't been surpassed th- what he would do next. But um, but I do think there's enough little flaws, minor nitpicks in Spider-Man for me for drive me to hell to, to, to take that spot. So... So I have evil. It's the goat, man. The the, talk, the, the talking goat. <laughs> yes.
0: That's the best scene. He is. That's I the made best a black Phil- scene. I made a black Phillip joke a few weeks ago about the goat, but it, no, that that goat is the goat. The
1: goat the goat the, yes. He's the goat goat. Yeah. He's the best, man. Yeah, he would he would kick the He's his, cackling and shit in that He movie. would kick the shit out of Black. He goat. would. He'd fuck him up. And He's just a head, isn't he? Who's that no, he's, no he's a full, he's full. Yeah, he's a full goat. <laughs> he he You're bites right. someone at that. That's it's so <laughs> sweet. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sorry.
0: Uh, I have Evil Dead 2 versus Spider-Man. Uh, I'm going to pick Evil Dead 2. The, I guess the reasoning here, Spider-Man loses a little bit of steam at the end. It does. Um, yeah. I think the best, the first half is the best part. We talked about the idea of seeing those that comic book stuff on screen. It was seeing Uncle Ben's Murder on screen, weirdly enough. Yeah, um, sure. they kind of stuck with me. Of course it's that at the peak of the movie, honestly. That first Spider-Man movie. Well, there are a couple. It's the wrestling scene, and Savage, Randy Savage is really good at it. But Bruce Campbell is on fire as like the announcer. In oh, he's scene. having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> so he's great. But I also love those montages when he first becomes Spider-Man too. And I love when Lucy Lawless shows up. To, uh, she says like eight arms, huh? Sounds kind of hot. Oh, uh, that's right. <laughs> so I love so much of that. Is that Lucy Lawless. Yeah, how did I never know that? She's got the like the weird punker. How did hair. I
1: never know that was Lucy Lawless? It's Lu- Lucy Lawless, it's You're a great me.
0: cameo. Yeah, <laughs> how did I not know that? That's until part. Now? That's part of the love I have for that movie is it's Raimi pulling in from like his Xena. That's really
1: funny. Yeah. I did not realize that was her. Okay,
0: all right. <laughs> um, but it, it loses a little bit of steam once the superhero stuff kicks in, and maybe. What Raimi does so well in the second movie is he finds that perfect balance between mm. Peter Parker personal and Peter Parker superhero. And I don't think it's quite there at in the first movie because it feels like two different movies.
1: Yeah. The action scenes in the first movie are kind of, eh, they're okay. Um, And I think that's what you mean by super- There's There's a couple. The house on fire, the apartment on fire scene when he's jumping and dodging the goblin blade things mm. is really cool. Yeah. And the final, the final, final fight, when it's when it's legitimately Maguire and Defoe in costume, like, and Maguire just blasting Defoe, yeah, is it's really good. It's, cause it's the really emotion brutal is, too. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, that that stuff works. But like anything where they're swinging and flying and stuff, it's, eh. I think the action scenes in Spider Man Two are like yeah.
0: insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've got Evil Dead 2 uh, on that side. So on the other side, you had Evil Dead, mm-hmm. and you also had Spider-Man 2. So we've got the same side of the bracket there. Who you got?
1: It's Spider-Man 2 for me. Um, love Evil Dead, but I, I've said it a few times. Spider-Man 2 is perfect. It's a perfect film. It's going to be tough to beat Spider-Man 2. We'll see if if, if Drag Me to Hell can do it.
0: <laughs> um, I've also got Spider-Man 2, whereas like Evil Dead... so. The, the difference between Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 is Evil Dead 2 is my perfect Evil Dead film. It's got everything I want. And Spider-Man 2 is like my perfect Spider-Man movie. It's got everything I want from a Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Right. So, okay. So, <laughs> let's move on to the finals then. Right. You have Drag Me to Hell versus Spider-Man 2. Yes. I have Evil Dead 2 versus Spider-Man 2. Right. Who do you have in your matchup?
1: Uh, It's Spider-Man 2. Um, I think that kind of weird that on Horror Movie Yearbook we're talking about Sam Raimi and I'm going to go ahead and say that I think his best movie or my favorite of his films is Spider-Man 2 but I think it is Um, I think he's able to it just feels like the perfect Raimi movie to me Um, he's got that heart he's got that earnestness he's got that that kind of wide-eyed wonder and sweetness about his film he's also got um an such an amazing sense of uh it's such a daring sense of what he can do with the camera in certain scenes and and it's so dynamic and it's so it's shot in such a way that like uh, a lot of filmmakers that were making a Spider-Man movie would be afraid to even attempt to shoot a big budget superhero movie that way um Course now that it all be done in previs before the director even was hired, but um but still, um he's even able to pepper in some horror stuff with some of the Doc Ock stuff. He's even even able to make that work. Um I just think he was firing on all cylinders by the time he got to Spider Man two, and I think it, it's it's a culmination of everything Raimi did up until that point. Um, including things like Quick and the Dead, even. Things that were kind of, or for the love of the game, things that were kind of off the beaten path a little bit for what Raimi would become known for. I just think you can see elements of all those films peppered into Spider Man 2 in the best ways possible. So, yeah, it's Spider Man 2 for me. Drag Me to Hell rules, though. I'm just throwing it out there.
0: <laughs> I will not argue that. And I had Drag Me to Hell going out very early. But it. I know it hurt your heart though. Yeah, no, it, it yeah. goes up against Evil Dead Two, and like I said, I think Drag Me to Hell is my second favorite Evil Dead movie. Um, and uh,
1: it's a, yeah, it's an Evil Dead movie in my opinion. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> all
0: right, so confession time. I have Evil Dead Two and Spider Man Two, and I've always said my entire life, like since they came out, obviously, or since I watched them, obviously, mm. these two are my in my top ten movies. Yeah, of all time. I, I know that
1: they're way up there. Yeah.
0: I've never had, I've never pitted them against each other in my head. This is it, huh? This is the first time I've ever done this. Have
1: you been giving this thought ahead of time, or is this kind of on the spot almost?
0: This is on the spot, and
1: man, I feel like I can't look at you.
0: I've thought about it, like maybe a little bit of this, but then it's like one of those things where like I can't even pick. I don't even want to do this. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, it's annoying. Like, don't make me pick. <sighs> you, you, hey, you're the one who wanted to do the Raimi bracket, so I blame you.
0: Part of it was for this moment here. I've, you've got to do it. I've got to do it. This Eventually, my, you is, have to do this. This is a bucket list moment for me. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, Tim, you got to search your heart, man. You really do. It's important that you They're both incredibly important films to you, right? I mean, yes. in different ways.
0: All right. Yeah, it's very hard. Evil Dead 2 is the yeah. winner. Okay. Yeah. So, I should yeah. give some reasoning, and I'm going to say this right now. Spider-Man 2 is my favorite superhero movie of all time. And right, right. Uh, I it probably will always be because it's my favorite superhero of all time. It's one of my favorite directors, if not my favorite director of all time. And it's a movie that captures everything I love about that character. Um, just the goodness and the and that balance between personal and human and just I love that I love that Spider Man and his family are just so you know, like he's got no money. He's just broke. <laughs> Oh, yeah. that's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. It's Sam does a good
1: job of making sure to remind
0: you of that. Remind you how broke he is. Yeah. And, and it's, some
1: of the funniest scenes in those movies. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it, it's all about it's all about him and Aunt May. And it's my favorite run, and I don't think it's ever been topped. My favorite Spider-Man run is the Stan Lee stuff. The Stan Lee, Dicko, Romina st- stuff. Yeah, um, sure. Early stuff. And I don't think it's ever been topped. Mm. Um, my second one is probably like the Bendis Ultimate Spider-Man run, weirdly enough. But oh, it's wow. such a different... Um, kind of. Yeah. Anyway. um, That's different but similar, yeah. Yes, yeah. but Sam Raimi captures that run so perfectly and I think he does it in this movie. Evil Dead 2 holds a special place in my heart because this is one of those movies that I grew up watching with friends. And this was like a get-together movie for us. Like, we would have Evil Dead Marathons. And we had a couple of them. And um, a few of them, actually. And it's one of those movies that's just ingrained in my DNA. And it's one of those early, like it's one of the first movies, these in like Kevin Smith movies, where I just devoured all the special features and the commentary and learning about it. And I think it's Evil Dead 2 that has one of the greatest commentary jokes of all time. Um, it might even be one. Eh, I hope I don't mess it up. Either way, <laughs> there's a commentary that's got Bruce and Sam in it, and the camera goes through a screen, and... Uh, Campbell runs through it as well, and Sam Raimi goes, "Oh, there goes Bruce, looking for more screen time." <laughs> just remember laughing at because it, it's so stupid. Uh, but that's Evil Dead Amazing. Two in a nutshell. It's a it's funny, it's it, it's just a big Looney Tunes horror movie, um, and I love it so much. And yeah, a lot of it is just because it holds that special place in my heart. And that's it. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a very very. Um, yeah,
1: that's a very very. Reasonable explanation for picking that movie. I don't think you could have got it wrong either way. So Um, I'm proud of you, though, for doing it because that's not easy. It it really isn't easy. Yeah. You know, even today, for me, anytime you pit uh, one of my top 10 against another one, I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah. And it might change tomorrow, Tim. You might go, why did I pick this?
0: You know what? Even though I like the song, Evil Dead 2 does not end with a dashboard confessional song. Yeah. (laughs) And for that alone, well, do you like vindicated better or do you like hero by nickelback uh chad kroger they're both Jody.
1: jams buddy no, it's,
0: it's hero baby
1: no hero's the best <laughs> no I, i'll tell you this if if like said, if, i've been if rumors are true and, and i don't mind
0: vindicated actually i like this song. no
1: it's fine yeah i actually don't mind the snow patrol song from, from three? three yeah, yeah i kind of like that song it's too good. <laughs> um and i'm not a snow patrol guy but that's a pretty good song um I do not like the Sum 41 song though. Uh, In the credits of two, I believe it is.
0: I think it might be one or one. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's not good.
0: Rock, it's what we're all about. It's <laughs> what we live for. Come on, Sean, you're not a big Sum 41 guy. No, no, <laughs>
1: And it doesn't fit anything about that movie whatsoever. Like it's like weird. I don't know. Whatever. Um, that was the time where they just throw shit on the soundtrack because it was selling at the time. And they just put the song. List.
0: Hero and vindicated fit the movie. Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. That's the difference. Anyway. Um, if Toby Maguire shows up and he's swinging, I've heard a lot of people say like, "Man, I really hope he shows up and they play a little bit of the Elfman theme." Yeah. And of course, that's what we all want. Mm-hmm. But if, if they just uh, cut, if they just cut the Chad Kroger,
0: <laughs> yeah, not all of us. Felting
1: hero as he swings by, I'll, just, I'll I, that will be the end of me.
0: But heaven, him... that'd be the wouldn't you be done? So, here's the, th- here's the thing about <laughs> that music video, because this is, yeah, and I don't want to make the old, that's what MTV used to play music videos like, mm. but that's what MTV used to play music videos. And the thing about, about back in the old days, like, I was such a nerd that I went and saw that movie, and I had to get every taste of, like, every replay of it I could. Sure, of So, like, when I was watching clips of it, even leading up to it, but even after it, I'm like, oh my God, that was that part in the movie. Yes. <laughs> because the movie is, like, Chad Kroger and the dude from Saliva on top of... It's so
1: funny to <laughs> me, it's so
0: funny. <laughs> Top of it, whatever, man. I don't care. Hero is a jam. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't want to hear anything different from any of you jokers out there who may say differently.
1: Can I just say real quick? I wanted to mention my <laughs> my favorite Spider-Man run of the, of. Uh, yeah, for sure. Comic-wise, uh, where the Tom DeFalco's run. I'm a big fan of. Um,
0: you know, I really. And, I really like his Spider Girl series that ran for like a hundred issues. Interesting, yeah, yeah. With 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 Mayday, Mayday. Mm
1: -hmm. Defalco's run was right after uh, Peter Parker came back from the events of Secret Wars, and he had the alien suit. But we hadn't done Venom stuff at this point; that was way later. But he had the the black suit, and it was right after they he got back from that. And
0: like, I love that run. So check it out. Did Defalco write the Clone Saga? I don't believe so. No, I don't put that on him, and I didn't mean that as like a slight because the clone saga starts out well, and then it goes off the rail as it goes longer. If I remember well, so the this is where we're go- this is where we're going off the rails. But he the way, problem with the clone Howard saga... Mackie, Tom DeFalco. So it was like a bunch of writers. Yeah,
1: yeah, there are a bunch of writers. Right, that's not the one I'm talking about. To be fair, no, 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 no. I, I didn't but, mean that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think the clone. I- once they once they try to pull a fast one and say um Oh, Ben Riley is the real it gets silly after That's that. where it gets bad, yeah. Yeah, I think the the concept is cool, but yeah. I still like Ben Riley a lot. I have a soft spot for that character. Is he still around? Yes. He just joined the Midnight Suns not that long ago, cool. I guess. Cool. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. So he's fighting demons and stuff, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Cool.
0: All right, cool, man. That was fun. So there we Good was. Stuff. That was fun. Um, Willie, you. I, so this this was kind of my pick. I will say. What do you want to do?
1: My word. Uh, yeah, that's
0: tough. Um, we can't do the, and we're gonna do it. I'm just putting it out. I'm it on record right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, throw it out there now. We are doing that. Uh, the new day from WWE Undertaker horror movie where you get to like choose your own adventure. This is great for any Final Destination DVD fans. By the way, any of the people out there that like get to Final choose. Destination your, 3? Final Destination three. Final just Thank you. I couldn't remember if it was two or three, but three where you get to choose your own death
1: (laughs) what a weird concept but it works so well so
0: wwe uh wrestling has made a movie coming on netflix next month but it's not coming out until october 5th so we've still got an episode in between and we're also coming up on our five-year anniversary that i texted willie i think that'll be our second episode in october so i think probably what we're shooting for so we need something in between um, while Willie is looking and deciding check us out horrormovieyearbook at gmail.com you can email us if you want to still email your bracket uh, go for it we'll read it we'll check it out we'll read it off we've got an episode where we've got a couple of picks coming up um, check out patreon.com backslash midwestpodnet you can um, donate as little as a dollar a month and that'll get you access to our bonus episodes and if you want to just help us out chip in if you like what we do if you're like hey those guys spent an hour and a half talking about Sam Raimi movies. They talked about Crime Wave. Like, I want to chip. I want to throw them a buck. Go to patreon.com backslash Midwest Podnet and hook us up because uh, uh, use the money. <laughs> as, as I mentioned earlier, my wife's charging things up my credit card. I gotta yeah. get home.
1: <laughs> Help Tim. We gotta. He needs a me at this point. it <laughs> Sounds like.
0: <laughs> oh, Willie, really, what you got? Do You find anything? Um, I'm in the
1: mood for a werewolf movie. Perfect. Uh, It's probably because I've been reading uh, Moon Knight and he fights werewolves sometimes, uh, including Jack Russell, Um, which is the best-named character ever in a comic book. Easily. Easily. Um, The question is, what werewolf movie, right? And I don't have an answer for you yet. I'm kind of trying to figure that out. Um, I initially thought it'd be really funny to do... um, (laughs) jack nicholson's a wolf but i don't think i can handle it um Uh, you were right
0: it would be very funny
1: it would be very funny um i had also thought about doing um actually i think i know what we're gonna do it's kind of a werewolf movie i want to see if it's available before i i pull the trigger so give me a moment and we'll see
0: God, um, I'm sorry, I, I Googled Wolf, what yeah. Jack Douglas said. Yeah. And the first picture that pops up is, is him as as wolf.
1: <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> Please don't say that. I can't. You're making me laugh too hard. It is him as Wolf. God damn it. Uh right. Let's see. Have you seen Brotherhood of the Wolf? Le you know what? No, loop.
0: and I have always meant to.
1: We're gonna watch it, so okay. it's available on Amazon for rental three ninety nine. Perfect. Um, so you'll have to pay for it. Uh, there's also a Scream Factory Blu-ray that just came out. Uh, if you're feeling uh, brave, even though you haven't seen it, I guess it'd be kind of, uh, it be kind of a brave call. <laughs> just jump into it. Uh, directed by Christoph Gans. I'm a fan of Christoph Gans. Um,
0: We've talked about him before, correct? Cause he did the. Did he do the Divide?
1: That is, uh, I believe, Javier Gaines. Okay. A different uh, director, but similar. Um, Oh, he did Silent Hill. Yes. That's why we've talked about him. That's why we talked about him. um, In our last episode, if I recall correctly. (laughs) Yeah, the one that didn't make it to the... (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I'm still angry about that. So yeah, Brotherhood of the Wolf, La Pacte de Loup. It's got uh, a heck of a cast, Vincent Cassell, Monica Bellucci... Um and uh Mark de Yeah, that's
0: the first one I saw after. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. After it, um, this is this movie is crazy. It is part horror movie, part action movie. I think you're gonna be fascinated by what you witness. Um it's kind of a werewolf movie, and I won't say anymore
0: How about Perfect. <laughs> so we will be back next time with Brotherhood of the Wolf Hey everybody, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Stay safe.